We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. Got to drink responsibly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, big topics, big things. Today, we're going to talk about what's a reasonable expectation. What's a reasonable expectation for Notre Dame next season? What's reasonable? We'll get into some of the players we expect to step up. But we'll start with the return of a player. Cam Hart, defensive back, made the announcement last night on his social media that he will be returning for a fifth season 
to the Notre Dame program, something that I think we saw coming from a mile away. Yeah. For several reasons. But just give your thoughts left on Cam Hart choosing to return. Yeah, we we kind of knew. I think he knows that he didn't have the season that he probably wanted to, dealing with some injuries, um, not playing at the at the level he feel like, you know, he knows he can. He especially the year before, I think he definitely got challenged early on in the season, and then it just doesn't make it great when you're dealing with injury as well. But coming back for him would be beneficial, just like it it has been for uh, Isaiah Fowski, and I think. He probably saw comfort in that. And even in Brandon Joseph transferring, he may even try to stay uh, another year, depending on how things shake out. So I think that just adds to the veteran leadership. But also, you know, Cam was a um, uh, a first starter as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Think, you know, him just trying to get a, a better uh, opportunity, getting more coaching by Coach Mickens and in, in, in the secondary, I think is going to be really good for what uh, it can really turn into, uh, especially uh, the second year under Al Golden and getting that trust developed and being able to uh, get some of that NFL experience. I mean, it's not like he's uh, with a coach that isn't preparing them to get to that next level anyway. So it's another good decision by Cam Hart, and hopefully he can get healthy and, and for his uh, fifth year. And just to point out, I think, you know, when you really go back and look, one of the most under-the-radar things that happened to this Notre Dame team, this Notre Dame team had a disappointing season, 8-4. No way they should have lost games to Stanford and Marshall. I don't care what happened or what things they had to overcome. But I will say this, Cam Hart, Ended the season, played the Fiesta Bowl hurt, ended the season getting his procedure done on his shoulder. Came back from that, missed most of the spring, came into fall camp healthy, dealt with a nagging hamstring all fall camp, came back for the first game, wasn't really 100%. You could see him struggling. You saw him struggle in the Ohio State game, but he gutted through it because he wanted to be out there for his team. And him being the one that really threw out all the trash talk about USC and not being able to take the field on Saturday night, you could tell just in totality, this season for him has just been, it could just never get right. And sometimes seasons roll like that, especially when you uh, don't have a, a great start and then injuries compile on that. Yeah. Now you're playing behind the eight ball in the sense where you're giving your best B game instead of your best A game most of the season. And, you know, so it's a nagging feeling that you just can't get the right footing to get a good start on the season. But um, for Marcus Freeman to let Cam come back, I think it's a shows a good relationship for the head coach that he has for his players. And I think he can be a great factor uh, for that secondary in the next year. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now to get all of our great content. Set up that automatic download. Go ahead and leave us five stars. Also, leave a comment. We love to see your comments. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast, courtesy of CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. 
you already know. We spin it different. Continuing that conversation, Cam Hart returns. Who else would you like to see return for a fifth year? Because it was beneficial to, to Tariq Bracey to return for the fifth year. Just Honestly, with J.D. Bertrand, those are the type of guys. I think J.D., most people feel like he's 100% back. Yes. Definitely wouldn't mind J.D. Bertrand coming back. I think it would be great. Uh, just to see him in that leadership role, being that he's played in all the big games that you could play in to help those younger linebackers that are going to be on the field next year for sure, that he could be able to find his spots in there and, and really make an impact uh, on the team. And I think a lot of the reason is that I also don't want everybody to come back either, just because I do uh, think we should take advantage of the transfer portal. We should take advantage of, uh, you know, what our young guys can really pop on the scene like a Tyson Ford can really do. I think uh, it's just it's good to see guys want to come back to a program like this. It's not a program where, you know, even Georgia, they win a championship and got guys wanting to leave that started. So I think for uh, Marcus Freeman to have that type of environment and community and culture for guys to feel comfortable and ready to come back, at a top program, I think that uh makes a lot of sense. Justin Adamiola coming back would definitely bring leadership to a defensive front that looks to be a little young with guys like Tyson Ford, Jason Anye, as you was, as you talked about. Riley Mills will be along that defensive front at a big end or being used on the interior. You have Howard Cross coming back as well. Um I definitely think they're going to go to the transfer portal. We keep talking about options, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Quarterback options in the transfer portal was truly needed on the Notre Dame roster, even though Kenny Minchie will be coming in early in January. I believe they report, if I'm not mistaken, January the 7th, with the first day of classes being the 12th. If I'm not mistaken, I'll double-check that to make sure. But in talking to some of the recruits, I think January the 7th is the day they actually report to Notre Dame and enter into Matt Bayless' season. Um, jokingly, I, I saw somebody in our comments yesterday after the show saying that Notre Dame needs a new strength and conditioning coach. I, I, I don't know why people feel that way. Like, I reject that statement. <laughs> Like, you know, it's just fans after the season, they start to look for any and everything that they feel like can improve. You know, they want to replace both coordinators. They want a new strength and conditioning coach. They want a new nutritionist. Like, whatever they feel like can make the team better. You know what can make the team better? Go recruit elite players. That's right. Go get elite players. That's what's going to help. Go get elite players, and you'll start to see the difference on the football field. I think Justin Adamiola might be one of the most important guys that need to return. Yeah. From a leadership standpoint. I, I truly believe that. Uh, him and his brother and the energy that they bring, the respect that they bring. And I think a lot of people view Justin as a throw-in with Jason in the recruiting class that they came in. And Justin really started really low at the bottom on the depth chart. 
and really worked his tail off to not only just get reps, but this year, you know, I was very happy with his development. Yeah. Especially as a pass rusher. And he was getting after Caleb Williams a little bit in that first half on Saturday night. He just couldn't get him down, but he was definitely getting them outside of the pocket. Yeah. And that's what you want to see from a, a guy like that. You want to see a development portion that's added every year. I mean, every year he's given us something of a little more of a, a threat and it's been really good uh, to see that with what we're trying to do with Al Washington and how he's developing those guys. And I do think that him coming back is just another piece foundationally that we always have at Notre Dame to be able to transition younger guys into more experienced roles, but also not taking a step back because we have guys like J.D. and the Adam Miola brothers and, you know, Fowski this year coming back uh, to really not let us miss a beat, but also let guys come up under them as well. Yeah. Right now, so I see somebody in the chat asking if Justin needs to slim down. He's 6'2", 253. I mean, I don't know how much more weight you want him to lose playing the end because he still has to set the end. Khalid was around that. Uh, yeah. He was around that size, I think, his last year, him and Daylon. So I think that's on point. He just got to get a little bit more of a bend, probably a little faster. Uh, just on your takeoff, a lot of that is just technique that can get you yeah. uh, a little bit closer as well. Yeah, that comes from – let me show some love to Jay Carr. That comes from Jay Carr. Jay Carr, we appreciate you for that question. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate, man. Uh, I hate – talk about that a little bit, left. Like knowing as a player that you're just not right but feeling like you need to be out there for your team. And then, you know, you get the fan base looking at your performance and they're upset, leaving comments, not understanding what you're going through on a weekly basis just to get on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot it takes to get prepared to get on the field, uh, especially coming off of injuries like a Cam Hart because you're almost – you have to double time what it takes to get prepared, even just to do the basic team stuff. So um, it's a mental process as well. I think that's the biggest thing, resetting your mind after the season yeah. and really just appreciating the things that you really did good because a lot of times guys get on the mindset of, oh, uh, I got to do this and this and this and this better. And you never really feel that next step that you took from the good things that you did in the season, which I think, you know, somebody like Isaiah Fowski saw that in his last year, appreciated that he wanted to get that sack uh, that sack record and was able to do it the year coming after. So I do think that um, that mental aspect that you have to be able to reset yourself, get grounded again, and attack it uh, is something that you really uh, – it builds up. You don't want to be there too early because, you know, you get burnt out, man. You know, even on my end, having the finals and we 15 weeks in – you like, man, I would love to keep going, but, you know, <laughs> people got a lot of stuff to do, too. <laughs> so, you know, take your time, you know, appreciate the the two weeks off, and I really believe guys coming back, especially a fifth-year guy like Cam Hart, can take the offseason and the spring advantage and really grow into becoming that guy yeah. that, you know, me and you thought 
he was going to on track to be uh, after Kyle Hamilton's year. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, things, you know, people didn't know the turf toe issue or the injury that Audrey Estimate was dealing with late in the season. Right. You have no clue. I mean, what, what these guys deal with. That's why, man, when you start talking about playoffs and adding extra games, it's just a lot. That's man. a lot, man. It's a lot. And everybody's man. just chasing the money. And everybody in the fan base, the fan bases across the landscape are like, we need a true playoff. I'm like, dude, look, it's only four teams that have a realistic shot at the championship. Yeah, game. it's every year so right. far. So not, this is not the NCAA tournament. Right? Yeah, it's just not basketball. Basketball, no. anybody can win. Yeah. You know, and all of the changes that might, they may be coming, I think the process towards the expansion is going to end up being sped up based upon how things play out. You know, we'll talk about the CFP rankings in a moment. But just to reinforce, LL question of the day, who is your screen popper for 2023? Will it be someone like Cam Hart who's returning, fully healthy, ready to go? Will it be someone like Justin Adamiola who comes back with a little bit more twitch off the edge, getting double-digit sacks? Or will it be some of the youngsters? It's easy to say Benjamin Morrison. That's uh, low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Could it be a Jaden Mickey? Could it be a Clarence Lewis with a move to safety? Who's going to be your screen popper? Could it be Ramon Henderson with a move to Rover? It's a lot of things. I feel like that are going to happen as far as position position changes and guys getting better in the spring and after they get through Matt Baylor's season and they walk into that first practice the day after the pro day. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the roster plays out, right? Could it be a guy like Josh Burner, you know, as a red shirt freshman coming off of the edge? He's put on about 30 pounds since he arrived in Notre Dame. It's a lot of screen poppers. We want to know who is your screen popper for the 2023 season. I got one that's off the radar that I'm going to throw on there. Okay. I'm going to take Nolan Ziegler. <clears throat> that's not that's not a that's not a hard one. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. Not a hard one. No, I love Nolan Ziegler. I think he's got the body type to really be freaky out there. That's a real inside linebacker at Notre Dame, boy. That's yes, it is. That's that's a he's huge too. He's that's huge. a home breaker, Pritchett. That's yeah, he is that dude. That yeah, dude. I think he's gonna be a big impact. Uh kind of like how Jared Grace was. Mm. Uh, early on, where he's just a, a tackler, he's a tackler, he's everywhere. And Jared just dealt with injuries, right? I mean, injury bug on a crazy level. <laughs> uh, never seen anything like it, and it just, ne- it just, you know, sometimes it just never makes you the same, man. Yeah, Kurt Roberts throws Clarence Lewis in there, he thinks he will be a beast if he moves to safety, he plays better facing quarterbacks. And he'll hit you. Thank you, Kirk Roberts. Appreciate you for tapping in today. I like this one with the departure of Michael Mayer. Chris Unherded says Eli Reardon, who will be coming off of that ACL, his second ACL. Um, I think Eli Reardon and Holden Stace have an opportunity 
to be the best one-two punch at tight end mm-hmm. that Notre Dame has had. I didn't say either one of them would be the best, but as far as pass catching as a combo at the tight end with Tommy liking wanting to use that 12 personnel the way he does. Yeah. I think they have an opportunity to be the best combo. Now I have to really go back in my mind because Notre Dame always has one leaving and a youngster coming in and they kind of oh, cross. So I really because, you know you got about, Cole committed Michael Mayer at one point, right? Yeah, I think that oh, was no. that Mayor's freshman year. Yeah, maybe. I think you're right. That might have been Mayor's freshman year. Comet Mayor was that's 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 pretty good. No, we never no, have no, 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 no. Well, Brock Wright and Cole and Tommy Tremble. Yeah. yeah, that's a good combo. Yeah, it was Cole Tremble. Definitely Cole Tremble. Koyak and Troy Nicholas. Hey, well, that was a hell of a blocking combination. Yeah, for sure. Who was there with the? Uh, I mean, Durham's underrated the best tight end that we've ever Durham's had. It's so funny. Durham <laughs> underrated is the best tight end next to Kyle Rudolph. Facts. And it, like, just from a career standpoint, he's the oldest Dolphin on the team. He's like a six-year guy. He's a, been the perfect role since he got into the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. He is right there under Kyle Rudolph in terms of just career tight end at Notre Dame that trans uh sent it to the league, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Double down. This is a great, great comment. Double down thinks what's happening is that throw a dart at the right running back room, and there's a great chance you'll hit a screen popper. Yeah, so, Darian Price coming back. I have a question. And LL Nation, you guys can jump in as well. This is you, Malik. Marcus Freeman hits you up. He says, Malik, I want you to come be part of the staff. You got your first meeting before you guys have your first practice. You guys break the coaches' meeting. You go out in the hallway and you're getting ready to go to position meetings before practice. Which room do you want to coach? You're biased, so you might say quarterbacks. But, like, just which room, which position would you love to be coaching? I would say the squad. the receivers. Mm. But, obviously, the quarterbacks. But the receivers would be a, a good experience. I think Chancey Stuckey can do a lot with those guys, especially for them to be an impact on the team. You know, I want to help a position that could be a huge impact for the team. And that's definitely our receivers. Just that would be a – the third dynamic part to our offense outside of the running backs and O-line, you, I mean, tight end included, you put those receivers in there, I think we'll really have a scoring offense that's top in the country that I've been wanting, you know, not just a good offense, a top five scoring offense yeah. is, is what we can become with a receiver threat in that room. So that's what I would want to coach if I went with Marcus Freeman. I will be linebackers for me. Well, 
I want Sneed, Ziegler. I, dude, yeah. Give me that crew. Yeah, Drake Bowen too. Give me that. Drake crew. Bowen in there, yeah. Yeah. Put, yeah. Give that's me that crew. crew. Give me that crew. I'm, let me rock with these dudes, right? Long, athletic. I get to use them rushing off the edge. I get to use them on the interior rover position. I get the mix match. See, you know what they do best. Get the youngsters on the field. Jaden Osbury is probably the sleeper. And he just put Arch Manning's high school career to bed this weekend. Mm. Uh, banging him. And mm. his squad. Like, you're getting a winner. And yeah. he broke Dylan Moses' record at University Lab down there in Baton Rouge for most uh -oh. time. Dylan Moses was a beast. Yeah, he was. In Alabama. So that's the type of that's, – that's why I tell Notre Dame fans, like, dude, you're getting some dogs. That's right. In the 23 class. Like, yeah, you can lament over Dante Moore. By the way, I want to send some flowers to Dante Moore because this thing has turned out horribly for you, my brother. Horribly. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Man, my prayers to him. You played yourself. I think you played yourself. Yeah. And, yo, Osbury, I'll give this to you, though. I got to show you love, love. It's coming into the season. Your screen popper. It's Jaden Thomas, bro. You you stood on the Jaden Thomas mountain pretty much by yourself before the season and said he was going to pop. And he That's indeed right. did pop. This That's right. time. Yeah, and his ceiling moving forward. You have to feel really good about what he can bring to that Notre Dame offense. If he got, you know, was a was a becomes a more of a speedster, I think he'll be a, a top. Receiver. Now, does he need to get faster or quicker? I would say faster because I okay. think faster with that body type, he's been showing the ability to make tough catches and has range. I think it's going to put him in a in a bigger chance to be a top receiver in the country next year. Is it too early to ask you who you're rolling with next year? For what? That screen popper. That this guy's. Yeah, that's too early. I got it. I want to see kind like of what, the bowl game going into. You know, the next yeah, year. Remember, his name started to pop during bowl preparation. That's yeah. when we started to hear about Jaden Thomas. That's right. When they were preparing for the bowl last year against Oklahoma State, you started hearing about the, all of the things and all of the plays he was making in practice. And that, and see, that goes to show bowls matter. Bowls matter. Bowls matter for programs. Like the extra practices, they matter, especially for your young players. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where you see where the young guys want to shine and which ones really are. You get this, why it's important to play the young guys now is because the season has been long and they've been there. They've seen what it looked like. And the guys that are still itching to to get better at the end of the season and is making those practice reps worth it and trying to pop on the scene are going to be the guys in the future because the season's long. Nobody really wants to be there. You know, you just want to have fun on the bowl game. You just want to relax. It's been a tough year academically and everything included. But the freshmen that are really putting in work 
and and making plays and that bowl game practices are the guys that are going to most likely be the stars in the future because they're the ones that have stuck with it and it's still going. And that shows a tenacity that is bigger than just being talented because talent gets tired. But if you love the process of football and, and taking advantage of your opportunities, yeah. this is a good chance right now. I absolutely agree with that lucky, lucky podcast. We spin it different. We had the CFP rankings drop last night. No surprise how they played out. Notre Dame dropped six spots to 20. Yeah, we're always dropping crazy numbers. I mean, it's just. But that just goes to show you, we predicted that if Notre Dame won, they would be a top 10 team with an outside shot at the NYC. We would have to. We would have to. We, we, we knew that was the case, and I contended that the second half of Navy probably held them back from being in the top eight. Possibly. Possibly. So that just goes to show you, like they show you the love, but if you don't handle your business, they're going to punish you. They're going to hate on you. As a really big brand. Absolutely. As a big brand. That's what they do. And they're consistent. I don't look, I don't have a problem with anything, anyone, personal or business, as long as they're consistent. If you show yeah. me who you are, then it's on me. Man, when us even sniffing around, no, no, no good bowl or nothing this year, they was like, oh yeah, yeah, just going to. Fall out at eight and four. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna show y'all how we feel. But the fact that Alabama still has a shot, bro, is absolutely bananas. It's the Alabama Invitational. You know how this goes. It is. It is. It is. It is. What's a playoff without good old Saban? Am I wrong? Because we'll get to some of the other teams. Am I wrong for feeling like it's Georgia and everybody else this year? Yeah, it's Georgia's uh, game to lose, and it's just a matter of who's going to keep it close because they're going to win by, like, 21 points, I think. Yeah. Because the matchup as it stands now, Georgia would end up facing USC. And I can tell you right now. That's Caleb, a Caleb running around against that. That's, that's, that's another level of speed, bro. Like He's not doing that versus them. No. But, no. You know, I think they could. It just, it, I would like to see the game, but they have an offense that can compete, but defensively they can't compete. I would like, now, look, this is the thing, though. Kirby. And Munson, this is the difference. They're not going away from the run. You, you're not. They're playing Georgia football. Period. Doesn't matter. They're playing. You have to stop this run. I don't care if you play well against it in the first quarter. You have to stop this run for four quarters. Can USC withstand that? Right? Because I don't Absolutely. think. Yeah, unless Georgia commits a bunch of turnovers and gets them on short fields, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think they wear USC down. And honestly, Notre Dame would have been right there with USC if it were not for the two turnovers. And that's just being honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If it weren't for the two turnovers. Um, I don't – look. Someone says Michigan could keep it close. I – I saw that. I I saw. I've seen that. It might be closer than I've it was. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that 
Don't yeah. want to see it again. You're not about to out physical Georgia. That's no. You need a quarterback that can drop back and make plays. And you need some stud receivers. Michigan has Cordelius Johnson is pretty good. Uh Bell coming back off his injury has been relatively quiet before the Ohio State game, Ronnie Bell. I do like Corm and Donovan Edwards as running yeah. backs. I will say look for AJ Henning to possibly jump in the transfer portal. Yeah. But it'll be closer than it was last year. But yeah. TCU, TCU against Michigan would be interesting to me. I think that's a game that they'll be good. Yeah, they'll be good going against each other. Yeah. Um, it's just like, man, it's just so lopsided with this Georgia team that it's like, man, all you guys will be good games against each other, but not against them. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Michigan TCU right now would be a really good game to watch. I agree. I, That'll be a hell of a semifinal. I agree with that. Hell of a semifinal. Man, Ohio State is done. I do look. That's why I'm pulling, I'm pulling for everybody to win this weekend because I don't want to see Ohio State anywhere in the playoffs. You get smacked at the crib the way you got smacked, and you basically quit. Nah. And you're not going to see – you're definitely not going to see uh, uh, these teams in the playoffs not run the football. All them teams in the playoffs can run the football. Yes. Do you want to see C.J. Stroud going to a matchup against Georgia with no running game? With no running? Nah. Or run defense? Nah. Nah. They might as well play us again. <laughs> nah. I don't – I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. But I think TCU. <laughs> look, what people and this is where you get disrespected from the company you keep, right? TCU basically has won in the Big 12 every way you can win. They've been behind double digits and come back and won. They've blown out ranked teams. They've been on the road and come from behind and won. They put up a lot of points and won. They've been in defensive battles and won. Like, it's not like they're a typical Big 12 team that has just outscored everybody. Like, no, they have found a way to win. Like, that Oklahoma State win, Early in the season before Oklahoma State pretty much fell apart. Impressive. The Texas win. Look, that defensive front that TCU has has two NFL interior players. Two. So people just think TCU is just about to be a dude. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna to be tough, right? Super tough. Yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, it's just it'll be good for the college football to see kind of how that that matchup looks. Um, but man, it's gonna be interesting too. I think uh, how the college football committee is doing it right now is pretty pretty accurate. 
you know, yeah. I think the the where we're laying at in the what twenty first, twentieth, something like that. I think the teams around us, like Oregon, South Carolina, I think those are good games for us as well. And you can't overrate what it means to have experience at quarterback. And Duggan has been through it all, seen it all. You know, that's an advantage. And, heck, they got a top 10 wide receiver. This dude is getting drafted in the top 10. Yeah. If not top 15. He's a difference maker. So (laughs) people act like TCU just don't have weapons. And, you know, just because they're in the Big 12 and people don't respect the Big 12, this isn't your typical Big 12 team. This isn't a Big 12 team that just went out there and outscored everybody. They have won games different ways. That's right. They've won games different ways, and they have athletes. You're not just about to line up and just push them around. No. It's not going to happen, right? Just like last year we said Alabama's going to win, but they're not just about to embarrass Cincinnati. No. Right? And Cincinnati was there until late when Alabama pulled away. I don't know why Cincinnati just allowed them to run the ball with that three-man front. But, yeah, you got Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin. That's really what do you think cool. about that, bro? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I think he wanted to get back in the Big Ten, uh, and he's got his opportunity. Is he going to change the nature of Wisconsin to be a how it was in Cincinnati with the what is it, like an air raid kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how Wisconsin changes from that culture if if it does. I just know. Run game works up there in the cold. Now, if you go up there doing the stuff you was doing in Cincinnati, maybe it'll, you know, refresh what's over there. They get different recruits. They may get some better receiver recruits. Who knows? But uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Now, uh, now you got Matt Rule in Nebraska. I think he fits better in college. I think Matt Rule and his style of coaching is really perfect for that situation. Yeah, for Nebraska especially, yeah. they're gonna love him up there. Yeah, you know, way better than Carolina. So, good, uh, good luck for him um, over there. But yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a nice change in the Big Ten to where Ohio State is and, and Michigan are gonna be the only uh, two teams that are worth watching. I don't know if he is. I don't even know if I would consider him a top three coach in the Big Ten West, though, left. No, no, because I have profound respect for Brett Bielema. Oh yeah, and his his background, his resume. I have profound respect for Jeff Brom, who will be facing off against Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Who has taken freaking Charlie Jones and Aiden O'Connell, and somehow found a way to build an offense that's going on a run late in the Big Ten season. Freaking Charlie Jones. I have to check the stats and see if he still has more total yards than the entire wide receiver room in Notre Dame. Charlie freaking Jones. Charlie freaking Jones. Uh, Kurt Ferentz is a darn good coach at Iowa. Yeah. Someone said that if Kurt Ferentz had Tyler Buckner, Iowa would be a problem. Probably. 
I think so. I don't see Tyler leaving, but he is literally a quarterback away. If he got K. McNamara, it probably would be an upgrade. Who? Uh, Kurt Ferentz in Iowa. Oh, yes. Uh, I th- yeah, K. McNamara would be a great addition to what they do over there, you know, just because it fits. I think Drew Pine would be good over there. Uh, Tyler Buckner would be good at Kansas State, I think. Because that's um, a system that – you look at Adrian Martinez and what he was able to do when he got there. I mean, he would look great in the back Kansas team. Absolutely. But um, not that we want him to leave or anything, but. Just talking about quarterbacks and systems. And fits. And fits, I think yeah. it would be a great fit. Um, Tyler in the Big Ten would be a great fit just because of the style of play he has. So, um, you know, Notre Dame's an interesting place. you got to be a certain kind of quarterback uh, to really – flourish in in the types of systems that you're going to be playing against. And um, I think uh, Tyler fits more of a conference style than he does uh, open style. Now we go to the interesting saga of Dillingham being the head coach now at Arizona State, leaving Oregon as their offensive coordinator. And with him leaving Oregon, that calls into question whether or not Dante Moore is going to follow him. And shout out to Dante Moore. After taking a beating from a lot of people about his play early in the season, back-to-back state championships. That's right. Took a beating. Every, you know, went to Indiana. Warren Central beat the crap out of him. I, I can't avoid that. Warren Central put it on him, put it on King High School. But at the end of the day, back-to-back state championships for Dante Moore. I think he played himself, left. I think he played Why is he trying to go all the way out there to a, a unstable situation. Oregon's has always been unstable. Yeah. Always. Look at the data coaching change when you committed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. This is I, I look think, at they how they treat. I mean, they haven't been consistent since Darren Lee. Yeah. And Mussolini and and uh Musoli. That's the last time they've been consistent with their quarterbacks. And Dennis Dixon. Yeah. Outside of that, oh, 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 and uh, can't forget um, Joey Graham or Joey Harrington. Sorry. Yeah. Other than them, Oregon, look, they got Bo Nix now. Their recruits always get these recruits from outside of the West Coast that never really pan out. Yeah. They got Ty Thompson right now that, you know, let Ty Thompson go in there and run that. He's from Arizona. He fits more of that style of play. But a Midwest kid in Oregon, no, it's not going to work out. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I'll be be better off off going to a Kentucky or something. Yeah. You know, that's about as far as he should go. I think he will flourish in a – not necessarily Big Ten situation, but he can be somewhere closer to home. But being all the way out there in Oregon, man, you ain't got no business out there. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for our boy, man. He and this is this is the danger of, of not following your heart versus chasing that that, that shoe contract, that nil that shoe contract. That's that's the danger, bro. 
right? Because coaches can do what they want to do. A dude recruits you, tells you all these great things that he's going to do with you at a school, and you look up and he's gone. And you could have been the quarterback at Notre Dame. And one of the most the quarterback at Notre Dame. And one of the most historical offensive classes ever put together at Notre Dame in a recruiting class. And here you are having to choose between Michigan State and Arizona State. At the end of the day, as possibly the top quarterback in the nation. That's tough. Because Arizona State gonna have them uh had them uh sanctions, aren't they? I think so. They still be they will still be dealing with that. Still be dealing with that downfall. Absolutely. I don't even know what the administrative staff is going to look like. Man, he you might know, as well go to Michigan State. Stop playing, man. Just go on home, man. Go to Michigan State, man. Yeah. Do do you do yourself due diligence, man. You know, it's cool. We got the volunteer. We got the volunteer, Dante, a.k.a. Minchie. We got our own version of the Afro coming to Notre Dame. Our own version of the Fro. That's right. Dante could go to Tennessee. Shoot. I mean, not Tennessee. Uh, All Nico's at Tennessee. Kentucky. Tell him. Dante could go. No, 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 no. Florida State just flipped Ohio State's quarterback commit to come there. Uh, Brock Glenn. Yes. So I would because Dante at Florida State with Norvell. I could have seen that. Um, he's not about to go sit behind JJ for two years at Michigan. He can go be a king. Hey, he can go be a king at Illinois. I can tell you that. You might not like it. Yeah, you just don't have a lot of options now, man. All the options are slim, man. Because I don't even like the situation with Michigan State. Like, what are you walking into from a roster standpoint? Nothing. No running game. Not good. The, tr- the transfer portal doesn't treat them well. Man, kid, you really did play yourself. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Go over <laughs> Really did play yourself. Play yourself, man. <laughs> this is that NIL, dude. It's with the careful. transfer portal, too. Right. And all right. them boys that are in the transfer portal. Yeah. You might as well go to a team that is not going to get those. I mean, I don't know. Transfer portal, you get pulling people from everywhere, you know. Mm. So, I mean, you saw that Arkansas's quarterback went into the transfer portal. Back up, yeah. Um, who's the quarterback from, uh, who else? Um, I can't remember. Now I will say this, this will be interesting. Can't remember. With Jaden Rashada flipping to Florida and Gaddis being his main recruiter when he was at Michigan, Dante to Miami, which is a school he did visit, may come back on the radar. Because of the relationship with Josh Gaddis. Shoot. I think that'll be his safest option if he doesn't want to stay home. But either way, you're in a tough spot, man. I couldn't do Mel Tucker, bro. I not the way that program is trending. I 
No. And we'll let's get to the quarterback transfers right here. But Lucky Lucky Podcast, YouTube channel, subscribe. We appreciate you. The climb to 5,000 is real. LL Nation, we clip, eclipsed 3,000 in the first year because of you. We haven't even done it. Yeah, we've done over a full year. But it was because of you that we got the 3K. Now the climb to 5,000 is the next goal. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Hit the like button. Let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Fastest growing podcast connected to Notre Dame football and college football talk. Also, podcasts available daily, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern time, every day, daily, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We indeed do spin it different. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a lot of names that have jumped into the portal, bro. But specifically at the quarterback position. You got Kay McNamara. Yep. You got Sims. Sims. You got Hudson Card. Hudson, Hudson Card, yeah. You have the kid from Tulane, the quarterback. Yep. Who might be looking to improve his stock in the NFL draft. Tulane's had a great season. Great uh, go to a major school and transfer from Tulane after this year. It's a lot of things going on. Notre Dame possibly will be in the portal for the quarterback situation. Are you trying to go out and get a dude that can compete? Or are you trying to go get a dude that's like, yo, come lead us? We definitely need a dude that's going to come lead us. But I also think we should also bring in another guy to to push the room as well. Mm. I think the more talent you can get in there for a season, the better it's going to shake out with all the good stuff coming. And I think for Tyler Buckner, being the best in the room right now is not good enough. So we need to bring something better than that that can help teach Tyler and then another guy to help figure out if Tyler can stay there the year after. And I think that's going, you know, pressure builds diamonds. And I think that'll be a good step uh, in helping that room not only be more competitive, but it should be the leading group on the team. And it's not right now. Also, you have a kid like David's brand, the quarterback from Tulsa, who will be in. Possibly, well, he's already put his name in the portal. I just think it's really important to identify mm-hmm. offensively what it is that you need at that position. Whether it's going in the portal or whether it's developing Drew and Tyler to be those guys. What's the identity of this team moving forward? Your strength is the offensive line and your strength is the running back room. Cool. I'm down with that. But you need a quarterback then that can throw downfield. 
usually when you have power running games, you try to take advantage of big time plays down the field and play action. I don't know if we have the quarterback on the roster that can take advantage of that left. We don't. Well, it hasn't been proven yet. And so for for a guy like Tommy that likes a lot of 12 personnel to take some run play action shots, you 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 should get a guy that can at least get that aspect of of the offense on a dynamic level like that. So I do believe there's guys in the transfer portal that can help our our whole team, especially that quarterback room, and it could add a, a piece that we didn't have this year. And that's in the transfer portal. I think it's in the recruits that we have with CJ Carr and Kenny Minchie. Are we looking to see if one of those two guys are going to be the future and use this transfer opportunity as a, as a win-now situation uh, until one of those guys get ready? I think Tyler Buckner's not out of the race, but I think he needs to be able to be healthy enough to be considered. Yeah. It's going to be tough, man, because I think there might be some ruffled feathers. <laughs> might be some feelings hurt. Whomever the quarterback is that comes into the building through the transfer portal. But, hey, you know, you have to have a conversation and say, look, man, we have a chance to go and win games and win a national championship. Every room needs to get better, but specifically this room, we have to get better. We have to, right? Can Drew Pine become Stetson Bennett? Drew Pine, look, can Drew Pine become more consistent left? Yes. Yes. At what he can do, can he eliminate the ups and downs within games? Not week to week. We've seen ups and downs within a game from him. Yeah. Half yeah. to half, quarter to quarter. If he can eliminate that and just be who he is and be consistent, you're good, right? Can Tyler establish himself specifically in a passing game, right? He starts off the Ohio State game hot as fish grease. And then from there in the passing game, it was just like a decline. I mean, he got hurt, and then you're tired, and you're running them. You got Absolutely. the most carries on the team. Right. So what does he look like with the Drew Pine game plan? What does Tyler Butner look like with that game plan where you're not running him as much? You're Tommy him. won't do that. Tommy won't do that, unfortunately. What would he look like? Don't you think that would be beneficial for him? No. I think – Tyler Bugner is a Kansas State type of quarterback. I think he would just flourish in that opportunity. I don't think Tommy is going to give Tyler the opportunity to be what he is without maxing him out too early. Mm -hmm. So we've seen it. He can't stay healthy running packages, can't stay healthy being a full-time starter. I blame more of that on the play-calling style than I do uh, his inability to be like a Drew Pine. I don't think they're giving him the chance to be like a Drew Pine. Right. What's your realistic expectations? Because we're talking about expectations today. What are your realistic expectations for Kenny Minchie as an early enrollee? I don't know. I mean, 
I would love to see us try to use a true freshman in there to get his feet wet with great talent around him because the guys that we put in that are veteran in it, we know what they can do. But this is not a season about knowing what we can do. I think this is a season about taking a chance on being and growing a guy from day one that has the talent that can win games and still do what you need to do. Yeah. What's your expectations of Tommy Reese? And the reason why I asked you that, Left, I think Tommy is taking things personally. And what I mean by that is Tommy knows what has not been done at Notre Dame, whether it's quarterback recruiting, quarterback development, and the offense never really eclipsing 40 points per game or being a top-scoring offense. He knows. You get this recruiting class. You have Tobias Merriweather. You start to see other young wide receivers come alive against USC. You have this offseason where everyone should get better. Jaden Thomas popped this year. He should get better and take another step. You have weapons. You can't sit in and say, yeah, you might not have the elite Marvin Harrison Jr. type weapons. But you have weapons to be able to move the ball and put points on the board. I think Tommy understands what needs to be done. And I think he wants to accept the challenge and prove. As much as people think that he might be looking elsewhere, I think he wants to prove at Notre Dame that he can get Notre Dame to that explosive level before he makes any moves to the next level. I, I truly believe that. I truly yeah. he wants to be able to, I don't want to say spit in everyone's face, but be able to point to everybody and say, I told you I would do that. I was smarter than you guys this whole time. Yeah. And, you know, he's in a position where he can do that because he has so much power in that in that situation. And so I just think that he's more of a, I'm a jam a square through a circle hole than he is. Let me adapt and adjust and get to what everybody else is doing. Tommy is not going to do what everybody else is doing. I'll tell you that right now. And he's going to do it his way. Mm-hmm. And if it works that way, great. If it doesn't, he's going to get opportunities somewhere else to do it his way. So I think um, that's the only thing hold me back on how this quarterback situation is going to plan out because he's yeah. going to get the one that he likes the best. And that may necessarily be the best for what the team could take advantage of, but be the best for what can do what he can do for his offense. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I think knowing Tommy and that competitive dude that he is, I definitely think he wants to solve it, solve the offense. And I I give him credit. Hey, this offensive class is pretty impressive, bro. How you use it is going to be more impressive, though. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Because you can go and buy the finest groceries, all organic. And burn it all down. And burn it all down, right? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get to some comments and super chats before we get out of here, love. DBZ, I don't want JD back because he would take snaps away from Kali and Sneed. I think Al Golden and Marcus Freeman do a good job of facilitating uh, JD in their right spots. 
and and still give Kali and those young guys opportunities to play a good chunk of the game. Yeah, and I really don't think he would impact Snead. He would probably impact Ziegler more and Junior to Lamaka a little bit more in Prince Kali and those guys. But Snead is probably going to end up playing Rover. And, I, you know, Kaiser's in front of him. I, I don't think Kaiser is going to be able to hold him off. He's just too athletic. Yeah. He's just too athletic. You know, and honestly, having Kaiser as a backup. Not bad. That's, no, that's not bad. You know, and you have Ramon Henderson and Dick Nickel that can play that as well. So it's a good situation to have. Uh, Jay Carr, thank you for tapping in. You think Justin needs to slim down? Oh, you already yes, yeah, you already got this. Uh, super chat from my guy Greg Lisman Jr. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you, my brothers, for always giving us great content and spending the different. Yes, sir. Greg. Jason Hewlett, who's the best quarterback in the portal? Also, Al Golden ain't it. Make him assistant head coach and bring Jim Leonard in as defense, defensive coordinator. Luck for OC. They want you for OC, Luck. Oh, I'll we win a championship. Yeah. If, if I coached my way to a championship my second year. Kidding me? <laughs> I just know I can do it. Would you ever go to the pros, though? Yes, 100%. Oh, 100%. But, you know, that's a – you got to be in the club for something like that. You know? Yeah. Did you hear what David Shaw said in his uh, resignation address on Saturday night? No, what did he say? His comments. Um, yo, he just talked about – someone asked him – why was it time? And he basically was like, dude, as a college football coach, I did two weeks off a year. <laughs> and to hear him like break it down, like he talked about it for like seven to 10 minutes, but for him to break down his full schedule every year, I started to feel bad for all college coaches. I'm like, man, y'all cats, I don't know how y'all keep y'all marriages intact. He's like, literally, we get two weeks off a year. That's it. And then you do it. He said, the only reason we're not on the road right now, right after this game, is because they changed the rule. They had a no contact week, the week of the championship game, leading up to the championship games. He said, that's the only reason. So just, it's a grind. He said, the NFL is much less of a, just, they have a lot more downtime. Yeah, he's like, let me go in there and get that NFL. <laughs> he's already connected with his work as a commentator <clears throat> analyst for the draft. So I think he takes a year off. And you'll probably see him. He spent him, he cut his teeth in the NFL before he came to college. So best quarterback in the portal, though. It's whoever goes to the right fit, man. Yeah, honestly. it's really about, yeah. It's really about fit, right? Because a lot of people don't well, like. They all about the same talent level, you know. I like Sims with the right team. The right team. Um, I like the brain kid from Tulsa with the right team. I like Hudson Card. I like Hudson Card a lot for us. You know, I think Hudson would be great for us. No, I'm not. K. McNamara would be a hard pass for me. Hard pass. 
But if he goes to Iowa. If we get a Hudson card and then get like a because a Hudson card is a better Tyler for me. And then we get like a Jeff Sims in there too, or maybe get uh, we probably wouldn't get both, but get a Hudson card in there, and maybe get the two-lane guy to try to come in. I think we'd be all right. You want two, huh? Definitely need to. <laughs> Crystal Rose, does Lucky Lefty see coaching at the net? Let you want to coach at the next level, bro? Yeah, man, get some money, man. Absolutely. I, I love play calling and um just some good high school opportunities too, but shoot, I can't deny NFL one at all. And Jason Hewlett, once again, we appreciate you, bro. I'm so glad Big Sean, aka Two Mics, is on IB. Keep shining, OG. Luck for OC. Hey, the fan base is loving you for OC, bro. I'm telling you, man. I you I sent you out my huddle, show you how I'll be running these plays against these schemes. I'm telling you, got something good. Our girl DBZ, thank you for the super chat. Let's keep it 100. Do we really want Maris back? Yes. Maris, yeah, Maris has value, but he got to get in the right spot too. Yeah, yeah. If he's used correctly, uh, absolutely. I would absolutely use him right. I would absolutely use him right. And I think we said this last week. And sometimes fans don't want to hear this, and I get it because it's about outcome. And it's so much bigger than that. Have you ever seen it in another sport where someone's coming back from injury and it's really not about what they do? And I kind of compared it to Justin Fields, right, for the Bears. Like, no one cares about the Bears. In Chicago, no one cares about the Bears record. No one cares. Get a high draft pick and see Justin Fields get better. That's all that matters. And as long as those two things matter, it's a successful season. It's a success, right? For Maris, playing every week was a success. He had a successful season. I agree with that. Coming back from the injury he had, which was significant, they babied him. They babied him through the spring. They babied him during the fall. And whatever you can get from him, and I still think they misused his talents. Yeah. Anything you get from him doesn't even compare to the fact that he was able to play a full season. That was the greatest accomplishment for him. He was able to play and hold up for a full season. And hopefully he takes a step next year and they use him correctly. I'll leave it at that. Apollo 27, thank you for the super chat. Malik, do you think Tommy Reese should go and move and a move towards a more imaginative and experienced OC, in your opinion? Thanks, guys. Great show. I think Tommy should, you know, open it up and allow more, you know, analysts and maybe get a quarterback coach, devise some of that up, give him some more focus on being creative. I think when he he does have a creative element to him. But I think uh, delegating some of the the little things that you need to really focus on as well, like a quarterback coach helping those guys on the day-to-day and especially getting in sync with what you want and what they want and kind of helping that relationship I think would be huge. Uh, And being able to have the freedom to take the next step and also just having some more guys in his ear on that side of the ball. I think it's just too hard to do it uh, solo. But, you know, if he thinks he can, then – 
I think Marcus Freeman and him need to have a conversation, have a little bit more uh, relationship in that aspect to from for Marcus Freeman wants to see some things to get that done too. I know one thing, Left. You might be right when you said the room you want to coach is the wide receivers. You imagine Tobias, Dion, and Jaden Thomas on the field at the same time? That's right. That's right. It's gonna be a problem. Bro, that's that's a lot of back shoulder 50-50. Hey, see now, now you're starting to figure out. I'm having a discussion like, hey, look, our quarterback has to be able to push the ball down the field. Has to be. We got, we got three we got, we got guys. Yeah, we got guys. We got three that, monsters. That Chase Claypool, yeah. EQ, Miles Boykin combination. Just from a size standpoint, we, it's a mismatch problem. Somebody's going to be on a short DB somewhere. Somebody. There's a mismatch somewhere. And then you got them big old tight ends down there. Mitchell Evans, Eli. Absolutely. Absolutely. Match with that running game and that offensive line. Got a Man. chance. You might be on to something with that Hudson Card joint. I'm tell- that I'm Hudson Card, that Hudson Card move might might be the one. LL, that might be the one. That we're just truly basing it off the giant wide receivers with the run game and the ability to push the ball. And down he can field. run too. Yeah. 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 Lucky Lefty Podcast, another great show. Thank you guys for your support. Go to the YouTube page, subscribe, hit the notification bell, let everyone know Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spend a different, and also go over to Apple Spotify. And Apple, did I say Apple Spotify? Yes, I did. Go over to Spotify and Apple Podcast and go hit the automatic download and download all of our great content. Uh, we look forward to having our guy John Garcia Jr. on with us to talk more closer to the transport portal days of December the 2nd for FCS and December the 5th for FBS. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Left, I'm feeling good about this program moving forward. Excited to see the bowl game matchup that will come out on Sunday and excited to get to the spring and see how these young players develop. You already know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Noah Whiskey, NoahWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey of NoahWhiskey.com. Oh, man, it's a lot, a lot of people to put on the petty train. A lot of people to put on the petty train, man. We really didn't talk about this OBJ situation, bro, but my man refused to put his seatbelt on, getting thrown off a plane, and his flight was back to L.A. So he probably was trying to get back home to the family. Look, 
Man, just put your seatbelt on, bro. Dang, unless you take that private that, that private stuff, but at that level, bro, I might just have to take the PJ. But I mean, I I take the PJ if I'm with the family. Yeah, but if I'm by myself, I probably would still fly commercial. And I actually prefer Southwest, bro. I'm a Delta guy. I can't lie. I Southwest and Delta for me. My experiences on Delta have, have, have absolutely been amazing. And usually yeah. those are my trips to Atlanta, because that's the major hub of Delta. But Southwest for me, bro, is I always get the A group. Southwest is slipping on their snacks. It's back they in used the day. Have, they used to have really good snacks. They don't yeah, have Yeah, back now it's strictly pretzel, that pretzel mix. Trail not, mix not it. for the birds, dude. They used to give you like Teddy Grahams back in the day. Up. Yeah, hell yeah. Man, the biscottis, you know, they used to hook you up. But now they're a little stingy. A little stingy. You definitely on the roll back on them snacks. Heck yeah. Put them back on the petty train in. A bit stingy with the snacks. My man for the San Antonio Spurs that just split Russell Westbrook's head wide open, bro. <laughs> and then acted like he didn't know why Russ was bad. This dude, blood streaming down his face like he's a UC at UFC fighter. Bron trying to calm him down. And my man is standing there like, what? What'd I do? Yeah, he was scared. He was did scared. You ever, did, like when you hooped, did you ever feel like, come on, man, that's because you all hooped against each other? As brothers that know the game, did you ever feel like somebody just like, all right, dude, that's understand we're competing, but you fouled me a little bit too hard? It's always one guy. It's always one or two guys that you know they're bruisers. They really can't shoot. They think they really they think they're really good defensively, but they really hack. You protecting your brothers. I like that. I like that. <laughs> you protecting your brothers. I like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I think the, the Russell Westbrook thing, man, to go back to that, it's just like when you're playing hard like that, he's out of control. It's kind of like, man, you 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 catching your own elbows almost, you know, flopping oh. and flipping. So, so it's kind of karma for him. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, man, like at some point you just wild down here and I'm way bigger than you. You might catch one of them chicken wings. You might think about it next time, you know. <laughs> so who would you say is petty as we get ready to go? Is it Russell Wilson or is it the defensive players walking off the field screaming at that dude? <laughs> It's Russell Wilson because his response was still. I'm, I'll yell at him again tomorrow. Okay, okay, like no man. If anything, if he had the gall, he would snap back at him. You know, like man, don't be talking to me like that. I'm the quarterback. You know, something. Right, right. Like I got this. I got oh, this. Don't worry just, about that. So Wilson just saw, man. or he old or something. I think the funniest thing though was when the Panthers did his his the sack celebration to where he did the. He walk around in a circle. 
That was the funniest one. Like he just taking it all in. <laughs> Man, I hope Russell Wilson before his career is over, he dropped that persona he's on. So. Because, man, it's played out, man. It's I was about to say, it's a little force right now, right? It's too forced. It's like, it's force. like, man, you, your brand is, is not bigger than the human, man. You just, whew, you almost giving me Kevin Hart vibes. Man, bro, it's like, I understand trying to be GC and be an example. That's good for the brand. But your wife is Sierra, bro. Ain't nothing GC about that, bro. No. I bet you, I bet you ain't trying to keep a GC at the crib. At all. He, nah, he, he talking about Seattle. We got the deal done. Like, oh, my God. He just, he won't stop. He won't right. stop. Man, this cat, this cat, Russell Wilson, come home, Sierra, walk out with some lingerie. This dude put on some praise and worship music. Yeah, he, like, yeah, he the wrong. Like, what you doing? He the, he the wrong one, man. Sheesh. This dude, she's standing there to negligee. This dude throws some Marvin sap. Never would have made it. That that's him, though. That's why, that's why he deserves to get yelled at in a real setting. He ain't living real life right now. He he in La La Land. So wake up, Russell, man. Wake up. Let me stop. Golly. Wake up, damn it. Hey, man, great podcast. We thank everybody for supporting us, man. We'll see you guys tomorrow for another great episode. Yo, guess who saw? Gave us a shout-out. Shout-out to uh, the OG, Derek Brown, man. Gave us a follow and uh, enjoy the players only. So we're looking to get him on the next players only, man. That's right. Absolutely. We spend it different. Have a great Wednesday, man. But most of all, you got to make sure you spin it different. Check you guys out tomorrow.